viewers have to think how can we make this data usable? Because if data is there and no one knows how to act on it, we won't have a benefit. And I think this is a co-development which has to go hand in hand. The holy grail, both sides don't have the holy grail, but if we work together, we are coming closer to the holy grail. So I think the heart of the whole company is the team behind it. We set up, as I said, 40 people strong team with international talents who are really experts in the SSA domain, but also in data analytics and artificial intelligence and software engineering. In the end, all the success comes from the team behind it. Hey, Space Watchers, this is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, great people and awesome events. Space situational awareness and the search for the Holy Grail. In our case, the Holy Data Grail. My guest in this Space Cafe Radio is Christina Nikolaus, co-founder and CEO of Okapi Orbits in Braunschweig, Germany. We spoke during the 14th IAA Symposium on Small Satellites for Earth Systems Observation early May 2023 in Berlin. Enjoy our conversation. Christina, it's a great pleasure to talk with you. You are one of the shooting stars in the German new space scene with Women in Aerospace Europe, SGAC, Forbes 30 under 30 uh, in DACH two years back and Capital 40 under 40 and so on and so forth. I think this list is endless. So what is your story? So yeah, in 2018, we found Okapi Orbits. And before that, I studied computer science and management and I kind of stumbled into the space industry But I'm super happy about that. And we found Okabi 2018 and started off with bootstrapping a startup as a spin-off from the Technical University of Braunschweig. And now scaled the company to roughly 40 people and serve satellite operators with collision avoidance software services. What pushed you into the space industry? You have obviously, like most of us, not the direct space nerd background. So starting to play with rockets. You said you studied information technology. So why space? What drove you into that? I was always curious about everything what's going on beside the things I'm actually working on. And I was always interested in certain topics. And obviously, space was a booming topic and got more into the general media with Elon Musk and all these people starting really commercial satellite operations or space operations. And the Technical University has a broad set of things you can study. The Technical University Braunschweig. Yes. And had a space debris focus, which was a really interesting topic I liked during this time at the university where you had a chance to get into space and learn more about space. I met my co-founders and the rest is history. Now we're here with the copy. What is this Blackboard story? So actually it was a funny coincidence. My three co-founders who were PhD students at the Technical University of Braunschweig They were looking for someone who can help them out with defining a business model and thinking about how we can bring the science and this al algorithms they developed in their PhDs to life and to bring it to the market. And they were looking for someone doing this. And we met on Valentine's Day five years back. And then we started thinking of the first business models, how to get funding for the idea, who are the target groups and how can we productize this whole research. Wow, that's an interesting story. In your keynote here at the 14th IES Symposium on Small Satellites, you pointed to the relevance of SSA. So why that? Why does that matter before we come to the topics that Okapi are doing? We've seen in the last years a lot of commercial launches, especially. 
and a shift in the whole space industry. And I think now we have to ask us the question, how can we make this resource and space infrastructure usable for the next years? And we have to think of how can we operate without interfering with other active satellites, but also with space to be in all the remaining parts from the last decades of space usage. And I think it's a pressing issue. And if we are proactive and deal with space traffic management and SSA proactively and early on, then we can still have an impact and make the space usable for all of us. But if we wait longer, then of course it gets harder with every day we wait. And Okapi has its stake in that, correct? So tell me, what is the Okapi story now and what Okapi stands for? Because I know an Okapi from the animal zoo here. So maybe you start off with the name. Basically, it was a really tough thing to do for us to find a suitable name because we tried a lot of abbreviations, which are pretty common. You end up with SSC or some similar things. Something in space. Yes. <laughs> And we tried an acronym generator in the internet and basically put all the names and phrases related to our topic in this acronym generator. And then Okapi came up as Orbital Knowledge API. And then we had a long discussion if this is not an animal and talked about this beautiful animal, which is very special. So you should definitely check it out if you have the chance to see it in a zoo. For all of our audience that does not have an image of an okapi, it's an, a mixture more or less between a zebra and a giraffe. Yes, exactly. But, but it's funny in its own, yeah. Yeah, and now we have the okapi in our office and everywhere. Uh, we give it to our new okapi babies when team members get babies. And we used to set it as our company animal. And it's nice because it's recognizable, we think, and a lot of people know the okapi animal as well, So which is cool. Great. So, but besides the name, there is more behind Okapi. So t tell us about that. Exactly. So we at Okapi Orbits provide space traffic management software solutions. One of our core segments are satellite operators who want to operate their spacecraft safely and sustainably in space. We offer services ranging from the mission analysis side to the orbiting. So all related in screening what objects are around a satellite. May it be active or active satellites or also space debris and provide collision avoidance services. So how to navigate through space debris and other objects and how to optimize the whole maneuvering depending on the mission goals of a certain constellation. And the software also serves needs of insurers, agencies and also sensor operators. Okay, so that sounds that you have. 500 people worldwide distributed in all the major space hubs and space with all the spa space faring nations. But what is your reality? So how many people do you have? And is there, is there beside Braunschweig where you located other locations where you have offices? Mm, yeah, so the headquarter is in Braunschweig. I think the current number is 38 people we have in the team, which makes me really proud. We also have an office in Luxembourg, but the headquarter is in Germany. We also have people distributed basically all over the world working remotely for Okapi. For our English-speaking colleagues, it's Brunswick. When you just told us about your portfolio, what you're addressing, it sounds really massive. Can you go a little bit deeper into the various segments and just repeat, we're talking about software solution. Yes. So you don't have sensors, you don't have hardware, you don't fly hardware in space, you... Just, it sounds not appropriate, but 
it's just a software solution that your clients use or you use on behalf of your clients. So now if that's correct, let's go into the various segments again, mm -hmm. what you're offering and how you're offering that. So it's a software solution, as you said, and the customer usually have a web interface or an API, so programming interface, mm -hmm. which makes it easy, integratable into, into their existing solutions. When we look at operators, our main target group, basically the core service is a collision avoidance tool. So we use data sets from different observation data. So from radar station, telescope, lasers, but also in orbit sensors. We work together with a broad network of suppliers for this data. And we focus a lot on the data analytics. So understanding what data sets fit which customer needs, evaluate how precise the data sets are for a certain situation and give our customers a recommendation. Okay, maybe we take this data set to have a clearer picture of your mission and the needs you have. And then we derive from this risk prediction. So we analyze what potential collisions are coming up for a satellite, for example, and then tell them exactly what are the best maneuvers depending on their needs. It's highly customizable, so we can even evaluate how do the solar panels have to stay before maneuvering? What ground stations does a customer have access to? What maneuvers can they command? What constraints do they have in their operations? And they can download these maneuver plans or integrate them directly into the operations or communication system. Okay, I think I need a bit of more explanation here. Imagine I have a small SAT constellation or I have even my one U small SAT in an orbit of 280 kilometers or sun synchronous and I'm doing some of the experiments I want to do with my satellite. So I'm sure I'm not the ideal client for you because I might be too small, but how can you help me Because my satellite has no active maneuver capability, so I could put my, my solar panels into solar drag, so to use that. But what is it? Or maybe I'm wrong with my understanding who your client is. Maybe it's an SAS or with a fleet of whatever, 60 satellites in geostationary orbit doing something. I'm on the right track. So most of the customers, as you said, are constellations and have propulsion systems because they have more room to act on our maneuver commands. And basically, we start working with satellite operators really early pre-launch. So we have, for example, guideline verification tool, which helps them to show to an entity who maybe funds the mission, are they compliant with sustainability guidelines, with the regulatory framework, and we analyze a mission based on that. We can also derive for our customers what is the right hardware, what propulsion would be the best or what would we suggest for maneuvering in a certain altitude. So we give them inputs on the operations. How much potential collisions will they face? How much fuel do they have to plan in to fulfill their mission goals? How could a deorbiting strategy look like? This is some kind of report format we do pre-launch and then the biggest segment, let's say, is during the launch. We start with the LEOP phase where we have precise observations of how does the satellite reach their target orbit and then screen continuously all the space debris objects and active satellites and predict who is coming close to your satellite at what point and how can you react. This is what we sell customers right now. The next step for this is a whole coordination toolkit To say, okay, if you are facing an in potential collision or a close approach with an active satellite, 
you have to talk to this operator who maneuvers, how do you make sure that you don't interfere also frequency-wise, but also in the maneuvering plans. And these are all tool sets in the platform. It's very modular. Every operator can choose what they actually need, what they maybe have in-house or from other solutions. And we have a focus on integratability. So we believe we're in specialists in SSA software applications, but it's a network of systems you need to operate a spacecraft. We have over the last years are many conversations in the SSA community. And one thing that always stands out is data, the availability of data. There are never enough data to know what's up in space. And reflecting conversations I have with our, our good friend, Moriba Ja, he always said, we need more, more, more data, more sensors, other networks, and so on and so forth. So my point in the SSA sector is, I have to know my environment and that is obviously where many are lacking. So talking with our German Aerospatial Situational Awareness Center, they can track whatever, 15,000 objects, I think was the number they mentioned. JSPOC talks about 35,000 objects, something like that. On the other hand, also in your presentation, you mentioned about a multiple of that objects in space, what is not just active satellites, which are space debris and so on. When you describe your service, it sounds to me like the holy grail, that, that you're coming up with a solution that no one else has. So how is that possible? Or is, is there something what I'm misinterpreting? Or are these requirements are not that high? I can totally underlie the statement that the more data we have, the more accurate, of course, we understand what's going on around us. That's definitely true. And we're supporting this. What we focus on, I think in general, When it comes to SSA, it's a community approach. Everyone builds different type of sensors or observation hardware, which have certain benefits, but also downsides. And we as Okapi try to understand how can these data sets work together. Imagine I'm a telescope provider and say, okay, my telescopes are good in this special case, but they're not good in another case. And maybe for a certain situation of our customers, it would be beneficial to use telescopes, but also radar stations from different supplier. And we try to understand the benefits of every observations we get or the data we get and try to put data sets together which fit the customer needs. And it's technically not possible that one data provider gives you the holy grail. And we say, of course, there are things we don't see and no one else sees, but we cannot wait and say, okay, we have to build more and more observation data. We also have to think, how can we make this data usable? Because if data is there and no one knows how to act on it, we won't have a benefit. And I think this is a co-development which has to go hand in hand. The Holy Grail, both sides don't have the Holy Grail, but if we work together, we are coming closer to the Holy Grail. But you're not an academic institute, you're a commercial entity. So that means when you're working together, also the other side want to have their share. So as you don't have sensors in space, so you have to acquire this data on behalf of your clients or even before to have an overview of what's going on. Because my interpretation is that you're bridging the telescope operators, the satellite operators, the, the radar sensor operators, or even the in-orbit sensors. And you fuse them, you merge them into one database, one platform. Mm -hmm. And that has to be as accurate as possible. And also... When you see something in space, it doesn't mean that you can identify what it is because it's usually a dot what is moving from A to B. So what is your unique selling point or what makes you unique in your sphere? 
So the solution we offer, as you say, is a platform to bridge this gap between data and how we do we make it actionable for a customer. And what we always have in mind is to maximize the business case for our customers. So, so we say in overall, everyone wants to reduce the number of maneuvers. How do you do it? You understand really precisely what's going on and then derive a maneuver and take into account all the constraints a customer has. And we see ourselves as an independent data analytics company and tell our customers, okay, maybe you don't have to buy 10 data sets. Maybe it's enough to buy two. And of course, we pay for this data. The customers also pay for this data with understanding well how the data behaves, how does it match to the customer needs. We can offer with our partners a really attractive offer to the customers. And it's highly customizable. As I said, we're independent and have a data, a holistic data set, let's say. The benefit for our customers comes mainly out of this optimization because we say in the end, everything we do, the maneuvers, the data has to make sense commercially and have to drive up the service reliability for the customers that has to drive up the satellite's lifetime or decrease cost in the operation itself. And this is the, the acting maxim we always have. When we do some with customers. When you say you're independent, what does it mean independent? We don't operate, for example, our own telescopes and say, okay, we're the best. Please buy our data. We say, okay, we're free. We work with every data provider who wants to work with us and we don't have any shares in any data sets. So we say, okay, we really try to understand what makes sense for the customers and we're always acting in the favor of our satellite operators. So you have also the freedom to... Say to a customer, no. Yes. So what do you need to be successful in the future? So I think the heart of the whole company is the team behind it. We set up, as I, as I said, 40 people strong team with international talents who are really experts in the SSA domain, but also in data analytics and artificial intelligence and software engineering. And in the end, all the success comes from the team behind it. That's what we believe in. And of course, the space industry to bloom. This is the second one. So it's good to hear that you don't say we need more funding or so. That's interesting to see. My last question is, and I can ask you that as you are the CEO, where is your company going in the next three to five years? Where do you see the company? So I think technologically space traffic management, so coordination of active satellites and minimizing interference here, not only with maneuvering, but also with the frequencies, for example, used. This will be a huge step for the whole industry. And this is where we see us coming in to solve this challenge. And yeah, the company, I expect it to grow further and make a huge impact from Europe for the whole industry. Do you see a global space traffic management system in place in the next five years? I think it has to have some joint international effort. But I think in the end, it will be like two free systems who will work together hand in hand because I don't think that monopoly or there will be just only one space traffic management solution. I think there will be some with different spins and different customer groups because the industry, as you know, is pretty big. Do you see space traffic management hosted on the regulatory side, on the government side or more on the private side? I think it goes hand in hand. So the private side without a governmental side cannot act to full extent. But also, I think the government is reliant on best practices and technological state of the art, which is 
my opinion, driven faster or pushed faster into the industry by commercial players. So I think it's about close interaction between government commercial players to put a functional software or functional platform in into life. Great. Thank you very much, Christina, for your time and the insights. Thank you for being here, Thorsten. If you have further questions, reach out to us at radio at spacewatch.global. If you like these or other episodes of Space Cafe Radio, leave us a rating on your preferred podcast platform. It is the currency of today. And if you want to stay on the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Torsten Kreening, publisher at spacewatch.global, your independent perspective on space. Thank you.